Thank you for tuning in to the Vigilance Press Podcast. I'm your host, James Dossie, and tonight we have two uh, wandering samurai of the color green. We have Green Ronin's John Lighthouser and Steve Kenson. John, how are you doing tonight? Good. Thanks for having me on again. All right, thanks for being here. And Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thanks. It's a good thing nobody ever answers terrible to that question. Right? It could <laughs> launch right into a therapy session. With exactly. Like, oh, my day has been... Let me tell you. <laughs> so, um, you guys have just come back from the, uh, the annual Green Running Summit. So, we're going to talk tonight about what the Green Ronin slate is for the next few months, or at least as much as we can talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, before we jump into that, I do want to make two quick announcements, uh, advertisements as it were. Uh, by the time people are hearing this podcast, uh, Vigilance Press, that's me, will have launched our latest Mutants and Masterminds PDF. Uh, that will be the new World War II supplement, The Beta Men, by Jack Norris. Um, with art by Alex Williamson and Denise Jones. And that book basically is our mashup of Alien Invasions and World War II. So if you're interested... Two great tastes that taste great together. Yeah, yeah, it's a great book. I mean, we basically give you several different flavors of invasions to choose from. So (laughs) it's pretty awesome. Um, I'm also really proud of the cover art, um, which is by a long friend of... uh, a good old friend of mine named Doug Smith. Mm. Um, it's designed to look like nose art on an old uh, bomber airplane. Nice. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so, also in the news, if you want to go for more green running stuff, there's a sale going on for October. The Supernatural Handbook is out, and and you said that's 25% off for both the PDF and the print book, John? Correct, yeah. Okay, is that um, is that only if you get them together, or can you get either one? Either one. I think you can you can <laughs> do either. So if you want to just get the PDF, you can do that immediately on the store, and it's twenty five percent off. If you want to order the printed book, you can do that as well. Awesome. All right, so back to the chit chat. Steve, how was your flight home from Seattle? Uh, it was long. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, it was no no longer than it should have been, but um, it, you know, it was a an overnight flight. I frequently end up with um, if I'm flying back from the West Coast, um, uh, you know, an overnight flight that leaves late Seattle time and doesn't get into New York or Boston until relatively early East Coast time. And that's so, exasperated because you're yeah. you're you're actually losing hours as you go already. Right. So, you know, it was it was a, it made for a long kind of quasi sleepless night. You know, I think that that day, depending on how it, you calculated the whole thing, I, I probably got about three or four hours of sleep. So it was it was a long trip home, but it was you know it was pretty good. I bounced back from it pretty quick. That's good. Um, so you guys basically spend how many days uh, in this powwow? Pretty much two full days. It's it's all of Saturday and Sunday, mm-hmm. and we we get together for um, you know some you know sort of initial social hangout time Friday, Friday night. Friday night drunken debauchery of right drinking yeah. and no debauchery whatever. <laughs> it's like uh, your own private convention. Exactly. You know, and yeah, we 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 pack it in. You know 
schedule-wise, we, we get a lot of work done in those those couple of days. Mm-hmm. Now, I've seen uh, some of Nicole's posts, so I know you guys ate well. Well, yeah, because we were at Nicole's <laughs> house, so, I mean, yeah. you know. Nicole, Nicole is the Green Renine mom, so she always makes sure that we're we're well fed. Uh-huh. So how many? Uh, I, I noticed that there have been some new faces in the uh, the annual photos. Um, how many Green Running do you are you guys up to now? You know, I would actually have to look and count. <laughs> I, I think it's a dozen. Although to be honest, I'm not sure um, <clears throat> what's going on with both um, Donna and. Barry, who are certainly two of the, or I guess Barry wasn't in last year's picture, but I think no. Donald was, I think. Um, but they're doing a lot of convention and organizing and coordinating community stuff and all that sort of exciting stuff to uh, help get our games run at different conventions and find people to yeah. run the games for us and a lot of, lot of the volunteer coordination stuff. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, we're an even dozen now. Yeah, was it a dozen? I, I thought yeah. I had counted it as a dozen. Yeah, you are correct. Cool. So yeah, it's start to, starting to be so uh, we, d- we don't fit around the kitchen table anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's excellent. So now we get into what did you guys kind of talk about? And we're going to start, since um, I, I have my game bias, we're going to start talking about Mutants and Masterminds. I actually do want to touch on some of the other stuff that Green Run and... Uh, publishes in in uh, in short at least, but uh, for the most part, we're going to maybe just touch briefly on the age stuff, like Dragon Age, um, <laughs> sure. because I'm going to have uh, Jack Norris, who's the line developer for Dragon Age, come on for a uh, another podcast, hopefully later this week. So we'll, uh, you know, if people listening were tuning in for age stuff, we're going to have we're going to touch on that in more detail a little bit later, but. Um, you know, let's start off with Mutants and Masterminds. What's new in M&M, guys? What's coming up? Well, <laughs> what is new? Um, so one of the things uh, that actually Chris just talked about, uh, Chris Primus uh, just talked about on the website for Green Ronin is kind of where everything is sitting currently as well as a couple of the other lines uh, so if you go to the Green Ernie main page, that's currently the the top posting. Mm-hmm. Um, and he mentions that uh, the Atlas of Earth Prime series is continuing. Uh, we should be picking that up again this week with the Atlas covering the Mediterranean. The Mediterranean. That's, yep. yep, that Steve wrote. Um, and there's some pretty cool stuff in there. And then we'll continue on with um, some of the sections of what have we got left um, uh, we swing back through europe yep um, europe and africa yep nice uh, yeah yes is is um if i recall correctly africa is one of the ones that jack was working on right yeah yes. he actually is doing both of the entries for africa which is north africa and sub-saharan africa uh, we did not have uh, any luck finding anyone from those regions to write about it, but Jack has done research on them in the past, and I don't know if he took classes on it or what, but uh, he seems pretty well knowledgeable about the area, so I was more than happy to let him go to town on that. Yeah, yeah. Jack's always looking to try and insert some of his like uh, 
cultural knowledge and the various products. Not not in a annoying way. It's always it's always a delight <laughs> when he manages to work work it in. Oh, but, it's um, his annoying. interests are always his interests are pretty diverse. Um, he also yeah. studied like um, if I remember correctly, uh, Native American law when he was mm-hmm. in col- when he was in uh, law school. So he's uh, he's got a lot of. Different cultural interests, as you know, in addition to the the Chinese stuff or Tianxia. So that's exciting for me. I'm really looking forward to the Africa one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. they, should be, they should be pretty cool. Um, I've I've got one of them from him, and he's working on the other one, which should be done very soon. And um, also getting a, a couple more back from editing. So uh, things are looking pretty good at the moment. After that, and Steve, you're going to have to remind me of things too, but after that, the Cosmic Book, which we were hoping, Cosmic Handbook, rather, which we were hoping to have out about now, has been severely slowed down by uh, these really long Atlas entries that I've been needing to edit and develop every couple of weeks, which has turned out to take up a lot more time than I thought. So the Cosmic Handbook is going to be a little bit delayed, although I am in my very last stages of development on that so it'll be over to production pretty quickly yeah excellent excellent so um of course one of the books that i'm really looking forward to the the cosmic handbook is is the one that uh um i'm i'm curious to see how it's going to shape up because i've never been involved in a, in a book where i've been working with so many other excellent people before and it's always fun to see how your voice becomes part of this this tapestry of of, Mm -hmm. of stuff that that you know essentially is edited to try and make it sound as much as possible like it was like there's one voice in the document so i'm really excited to see how that all comes together yeah it should it should be pretty good um we had who steve you did some work um Mm -hmm. James, you did work. McLaughlin yeah. did some work. Yeah. Um, and I don't. Did Darren work, work on that at all? I don't think Darren worked on it. I think maybe, no. maybe it was just three of you. I, I know Jack. I think. Did a yeah, little bit Jack. Of work. Yeah. yeah, Jack did as was, well. Yeah. Was Aaron doing anything on um, Cosmic? No, I don't think so. Mm. So. Um, so yeah, we have uh, we have all that ready to go hopefully very soon but given the holiday season it's never a good time to release a book like uh, yeah. any role playing book uh, we're going to hold off until early next year to put that out mm-hmm. uh, but it should be worth the wait it, uh, it looks like it's going to yeah. be a pretty good book and I'm pretty happy with what everybody's turned in and right now I'm just making sure all the math is correct on the characters and making sure they all represent what they should Cool. as always I'm available for playtest um so excellent excellent so we've got we got some new stuff coming from uh um oh that's that's something i wanted to ask uh do you guys have you know this this year's plan to to release the the regular installments of the uh the atlas um may not have been as uh i guess paced as as optimally as you had hoped, but mm-hmm. um, you guys have, you know, really stuck by that regular release as a as a solid um, concept at least. Um, do you guys see a, a another regular series of PDFs coming out next year? 
Yeah, um, it's something that we have had good success with uh, this year, notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, we're going to uh, kind of, we've taken our lumps this year, and rather than trying to tackle a broader subject with longer PDFs uh, in the 10 to 12 page range, we're going to probably go back to about the two page range. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have asked Christopher McLaughlin, who is uh, a huge superhero guy uh, and who has been actually asking us to do this for a while, uh, and we have taken him up on it, to do a series of villains uh, or heroes uh, on a weekly basis like we did it with the threat report. And uh, I don't know if he'll do the entire year, although he is certainly mm-hmm. motivated to do the entire year, but he'll be doing a, a passel of them. Yes, indeed. Very cool. Well, I know that Chris is no no. Christopher, I should say, is no has no shortage of ideas when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> no, indeed. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And and one of the things that um, you know, he's he's done a lot of stuff with us. And one of the things that we enjoyed was his work in Freedom's Most Wanted, which was a second edition book that uh, a number of people contributed to, but he, he contributed quite a few characters as well. And uh, he was uh, he was definitely interested in, in working on some more characters. Yeah. So I was like, hey, let's, yeah. let's go for it. Chris did a particularly terrific job with um, a lot of the characters in, in Most Wanted that were really nothing more than um, these one-liners that I had dashed off um, when I was, I was making up either references to Freedom City history or um, to um, character concepts or things like that. And I had a big file of, you know, just notes that were like, you know, and yeah, there, there was this guy, he was an enemy of the Raven back in the 60s, um, sort of a thing. And Chris just took all of those um, ideas and really ran with them um, and fleshed them out and, you know, really built some very interesting characters around them. So, very cool. you know. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he comes up with. Now, I'm sure people are going to be asking, so I've got to ask. Um, you can tell me that you're not ready to, to detail it yet, but um, do we know if these if these characters will be tied into the Freedom City universe, or is they are, are they going to they, be a little less uh, canon, as it were? No, they're, uh, the, the goal with this series is to not only tie into Freedom City, but... Freedom City, Emerald City, um, the, the rest of Earth Prime, of Prime yeah. in general, or the Earth Prime in general. Um, so we've kind of given Chris free reign to pick and choose from parts of the universe however he wants to. Um, you know, we've got the cosmic book coming out too, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see some cosmic characters in there. Um, so it should be it should be a pretty wide range of characters. I don't want to do uh, just a <clears throat> you know any uh, a collection of characters that's just for a single setting. I want them to be useful all over the place. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Um, Just trying to think if there's anything more that uh, I can ask about. Oh, well, speaking of Freedom City, um, uh, I think you guys talked a little bit about this at uh, Gen Con, or at least uh, I think it was mentioned during the panel Mm -hmm. um, with Steve, or with John and Chris, uh, Premus, um, Steve, Steve, were you there? I think I there? was. Yes, yeah. you were. You were. I, I, I can I'm very quiet. It's you're yes. very quiet. 
Um, so the question is, um, where are you guys at with the uh, the Freedom City Third Edition? Uh, uh, Steve, do you want to well, tackle this one? It's it's not sure. Tricky. Sure. I mean, basically, um, right at the moment, we're we're pretty far along. Uh, the right now, it's the um, the the game master section of the of the book uh, that uh, needs the most work. Um, that is still in the process of getting updated and uh, getting some additional material uh, worked into it. Um, the character write-ups are largely done. Um, we've got a good fifty-something um, villain write-ups. Um, a lot of the original characters from the second edition Freedom City book, along with uh, a number of uh, characters um, from. Uh, um, supplements like Freedom's Most Wanted, um, and most of the hero write-ups are all set. Um, the sort of player's guide section of the book is is um, being edited. Yep. Um, but uh, the the game master section still needs uh, some review and some work. Honestly, it's uh, if anything, parts of it need to be um, uh, kind of boiled down. You know, there there's a lot of Freedom City material, and when you 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 gather it all together in one place, uh, it makes for for quite a uh, quite a, a lot of material to yeah. fit into one yeah. book. So, Bit of an encyclopedia there. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know things things like uh, trimming down the timeline, you know, to a manageable size, um, are, are taking some work. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's coming along well, I, and I think it's going to be a a, a really nice uh, collection of material when it's all said and done. I was yeah, really so, very happy with um, how Emerald City uh, came out, so I'm really looking forward to Freedom City getting the same treatment. Yeah, and, and just to tie into that, as mm-hmm. the, the book is actually going to be designed similarly to Emerald City, so there's the player section up front, which includes everything you need to uh, kind of introduce you to Freedom City, and then uh, information that you need to write up a character, like uh, the sorts of origins available, some of the history of the mm-hmm. world, so you know like what you could pull on. So if you wanted to do something related to the Terminus invasion, you could certainly do that, right. and that sort of thing. And then another section of the book is the GM section, which is currently what's being worked on. And I should say the player section is done, and then the third section is also done and being edited is uh, all of the characters. So yeah. we just have this last third to to get executed and uh, in shape, and then we're, we'll be off and running as soon, good to as, go. uh, yeah, as soon as we get it all. <clears throat> so those, that's looking pretty good right now. Fantastic. Yeah. So have you gotten a lot of good responses? Uh, the the layout to um, Emerald City was, was kind of innovative. Um, were, did you get a lot of positive feedback on that? Or? Um, I think so. We, I mean, we ended up winning... Uh, Geez, now I can't even remember. And was it an any or was it a? Uh, well, we got um, best electronic product any yeah. for uh, yeah, the players the, guide. Yeah, the best electronic or best free electronic product or best no, it wasn't free. Best electronic book. Product, yeah. Any players uh, guide for the players guide to Emerald City, which which uh, I was happy about because I thought that was actually a very well executed um, mm-hmm. introduction to the setting. Yeah, and, I thought so too. Yeah, and as uh, as Steve said, we're gonna 
kind of mimic that a little bit in the a little bit quite a bit in the uh, Freedom City book, uh, just because it does it does work really well. So I, I thank uh, Kurt Busiek for letting us rip him off from his, uh, his introduction to Astro City book that yeah. he did years ago. Very cool. Yeah, the the sort of uh, tourism bureau approach, you know, works pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a really fun element in the uh, in the book, and I could um, uh, I could easily see somebody if they wanted to run an Emerald City game, printing that out from the PDF and and mm-hmm. actually making that flyer something that their players could could physically yeah. see and, and play with at the table. Yep. Yeah, and that's also why we we made the three different sections of Emerald City available as three separate PDFs because. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially that that player section uh, is just a great little book for hey here's everything you need to start playing a character in this setting information about the city and locations and the people and you know thing to tie your character to uh, so if you want to live in a certain part of town you can do that mm-hmm. uh, so yeah it's definitely uh, it's definitely a really good approach and I'm, I'm I'm happy to see that people responded well to it and I'm hoping they respond well to the Freedom City version. Yeah, very cool. Very Steve cool. wrote it, so you know it's going to be. Good. <laughs> yeah. I, I know I'm best. looking forward to it. Um, so um, as I recall, um, you guys, uh, let's see, did we did we mention the the Hero High book yet? No, nope. uh, so the, the last couple of books. In fact, I'll just run through these quickly. So, Hero High is also obviously uh, delayed because the two books in front of it were delayed. Uh, so we're, we're still going to be doing Hero High. It's been at least partially revised, and then we still have some other revisions coming in to expand on what's there now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then probably, so let's see, Cosmic Handbook, Freedom City 3, Hero High, and then probably the last book for next year in terms of all the books we could possibly be doing uh, is The Collected Atlas of Earth Prime. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be the four books for next year as we project right now. Which will make a nice companion to uh, Freedom City and Emerald City. Yep. Four books of the apocalypse. Yes. <laughs> as it were. <laughs> as it were. And with the um, Cosmic Handbook along with it, you'll pretty much have the you know major locations of Earth Prime, the rest of Earth Prime, and then sort of the whole universe, cosmos beyond Earth. So. Yep. It'll be a pretty comprehensive look at the setting when it's all said and done. Exactly. Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, I wanted to throw a quick shout out to Lucian Solban, who was um, who did the original Hero High, and he's working on the new one, right? Yes. Yep. In fact, he's already turned in all his revisions, and uh, I just have some other ones actually that I am getting from again, Mr. Christopher McLaughlin. M M D D D S P H D PDF PDF master yes yeah um that's that that that's cool um and actually if I remember correctly Lucian also did the aforementioned uh, supernatural uh, handbook. supernatural handbook which I have to say um not to not to diminish the impact of any of the other books, but I have to say that's probably one of my favorite Mutants and Masterminds books. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, yeah. certainly of of third edition, but uh, uh, probably yeah, one of my favorites in the in the in the line. It's certainly one of the books that benefits from being uh, 
different than what's covered in the rest of the line. So it stands out as being pretty unique. You know, it doesn't cover four color superheroes. It color it covers. Uh, I, I don't even know what to say. Mignola colors. with guns. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I also it it's also just a great explanation of how horror works as a genre yes and uh for people who may not be used to running supernatural or horror themed games i think it's a great read even if you don't play mutants and masterminds yeah indeed lucian is an excellent uh horror writer so he has a great deal of experience in that genre yes very cool so let's see um we touched on hero high freedom city 3 the cosmic handbook and the Atlas of Earth Prime collection. Um, when, uh, as far as the collection goes, do do we uh, know how many locations are going to be in the final book, and how different is the collection going to be from the individual releases? I was going to uh, say it's twenty-two locations. Yeah, I, done. I think you're right. I think it's twenty-two collections and or twenty-two different entries, and then the. Uh, we have an idea for what we'll probably add to the book, um, but it's not another section of the world that's kind of uh, related to it, but I mm-hmm. uh, want to give that away yet, partially okay. because it may change, so who knows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's and it's going to be a pretty hefty book, so if each of those Indeed. chapters is only 10 pages long, which they are not, uh, at, at 22 chapters, uh, that's going to be at least 220 pages, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be pretty hefty once we're all said and done with it. Yeah, yeah that was a, that was a big project. It was uh, one of these things that maybe didn't sound so big when yeah. it was first announced, but you know, as yes. as we started seeing the project, yes, it, is that out. how it is that how it felt to you guys too? That's uh, yes, pretty much what happened. Yeah, to overtake all of my free time and has been a no end of frustration because <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really I think such a cool fun project and. Uh, I certainly, my eyes were too big for my tummy. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's the thing is, is we went from, um, you know, starting off with the, the threat reports, which were very short, single character, you know, write-ups, um, to doing the, um, the power profiles and the gadget guides. Uh, and with, with those, we were able to get a little more ambitious in terms of the length of the product. Mm-hmm. Um, but the development for them was still fairly straightforward, yeah. Uh, as far as that goes, but with the um, the atlas, we're easily doing you know three and four character write-ups alone in each yeah. atlas, which all have to have you know proper development, yeah. you know. But we're also doing you know uh, development of the setting and the introduction of all of this new material that has to be you know sort of worked in to the setting and so there's there's a lot of of fact checking and development and you know just sort of massaging of things to to make sure all the pieces fit together that's yeah. that's just way more involved than any of the series that we did before mm-hmm. and also the uh the different atlases sometimes refer to each other or ought to refer to each other right uh, and so i have to work that in too if possible uh so yep. that's that's been kind of a tricky part too but right. uh, yeah, I mean, we're still rolling along. It's just not quite as obvious. Uh, I will be very, very happy to get back to a shorter weekly PDF uh, and, and mm-hmm. make the cycle uh, work a little bit better. <laughs> also allow me to get a lot more stuff done that's yeah. not just this 
10, 12 page atlas every couple of weeks, month. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Indeed. And um, we're, we're also um, spreading out some of the, um, the, the sort of periodical um, electronic content as well. Uh, in that some of the other game lines are also going to be doing some, you know, of their own um, content. Yeah. Uh, so it won't be just, you know, reliant on mutants and masterminds coming out mm-hmm. with a new thing every week. Yeah. That's a question for you guys. I don't even know if you have the numbers to answer it, but mm-hmm. um, or, or the resources to answer it. But um, do you guys get the feeling that uh, people who, like, for example, follow... Um, mutants and masterminds and are interested in those projects tend to pick up other green ronin things are is there kind of like a brand loyalty there or are they more interested in you know like genre stuff that that specifically applies to them yeah i i don't know specifically we certainly don't have any numbers Mm -hmm. uh i know we have people who are fans of our stuff in general Mm -hmm. uh but, you know, there are people who are just Dragon Age fans, and there are people who are just Song of Ice and Fire fans, and people who are just Freeport yeah. or Pathfinder fans, and people who are just M&M fans. So we don't necessarily try to, like, force the crossing of those streams in any way. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's uh, you know, if, if somebody's a fan of, you know, two, one, two, three or more lines that we produce, great, but... Um, that's not something we're we're too concerned about, especially not Steve and I as we're going to work on what we do. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I my impression is that the the different lines, you know, although you know they benefit from from Green Ronin's reputation for for doing quality product, um, you know, effectively are treated as though they are you know completely separate, which they are. I mean, you know, and as far as people's interest in them, I mean, you know, they may as well be published by, you know, individual publishers as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, people tend to treat them independently. So, you know. Yeah, and we have each line has a different developer and has different freelancers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so it's, uh, it's, I mean, the only unusual thing is we end up, uh, for the Mutants Mastermind side, uh, sometimes hiring Jack, who's the uh, Jack Norris, who's the, the Dragon Age developer, to work on some Eminem stuff because he was uh, one of our freelancers before he became uh, Dragon Age developer, and which is how he became the Dragon Age developer. <laughs> yep, Jack's well, pretty good. At this. I, I think Jack's ambition is to basically work on every role-playing game that gets published from here on out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, if anyone can pull it off, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> But it's, uh, no, it's, uh, you know, if people like our stuff, great. And and I, th- I think one of the things that we've also realized over the last couple of years, and certainly this was spelled out very clearly in talks with um, Owen Stevens, uh, Owen Casey Stevens at the recent summit, mm-hmm. is uh, these days a role-playing game uh, of any kind benefits greatly from a weekly release or a, some sort of regular release because mm-hmm. you have that constant reminder to people that, hey, something's come out. Uh, you have some news bit for people to consume every week to, to remind them that the game is out there and that it's being yeah. supported. Uh, when you go to places like Drive Through RPG or whatever site that you buy our products on, um, you, you know, see you, something new. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. We're likely to see something new. It may even be in the top releases or hottest releases for that week. Um, so all that sort of stuff really helps to keep you, you know, kind of on top of people's thoughts when they're thinking about gaming and what's going on and what the cool hot new thing is. So, um, and you know, if you, if you know anything about Owen Stevens, uh, he works at Paizo on the Pathfinder adventure line and he works for us as the developer for the Pathfinder products. Um, right now, mostly, mostly Freeport, but also the advanced bestiary. And he also runs rogue genius games, which produces at least one weekly PDF product, um, every week. Mm-hmm. It's redundant, but, uh, so he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. yeah. He, he's been, uh, working a lot with, uh, some other folks I know who, I originally met via the Atomic Think Tank forums, which are now what? What's the name of the new forum? It's the Ronin Army. Uh, Ronin Army. Yes, Ronin Army. And, uh, um, you know, I think uh, Jacob Blackman is one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as an artist that uh, um, has been has been doing a just insane amount of work for Owen lately. So yes, really it, cool uh, stuff. Jake, Jacob is Owen's go-to guy. He has he has said as much. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's always good when you can find an artist that that uh, you can rely on like that, uh, like Dan for Hauser sure. for icons and yeah, yeah, indeed. So let's uh, let me let me ask a real quick question about icons since um, uh, Green Running is now publishing icons. Um, How's the uh, how's the new edition of the book selling? Because I love it. Uh, assembled edition is doing well. Thank you. Um, it's uh, it was it was very popular at Gen Con. Uh, mm-hmm. Folks uh, seem to be uh, enjoying it. Uh, I've heard you know gotten some really good feedback. Uh, so it's it's been doing well. Um, I'm hoping you know to uh, get a couple of uh, new icons things uh, done. Um, uh, sometime in the near future, um, I just did a um, a revision of, of uh, the um, Icons Adventure Murder of Crows uh, mm-hmm. that I wrote uh, for Halloween. Um, I just did a, uh, um, a basically just sort of a revised, sort of spruced up version that uh, includes all of the the stuff in Assembled Edition, um, and uh, gave me an opportunity to play around with the layout a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that'll be available, um, and there's a few, you know, sort of back burner icons projects uh, that I I work on work on when I can. But mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, juggling. You know, like uh, John says, you know, about Owen. You know, like it seems like everybody uh, in the in the industry manages to work, you know, at least two or three different you know, uh, jobs for different companies, including, you know, doing some publishing of their own. So, you know, there's, there's always something going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think Um, I'm the one who doesn't have their own company to produce product under, but I I may be addressing that sometime soon too. Oh, see, there you go. (laughs) Cool beans. Again, I'm always available for (laughs) playtest. But uh, yeah, I think I talked to uh, John about some of his ideas off the uh, off the record um, at Gen Con a little bit, and I think uh, it'd be really cool to see you start putting out some stuff. Yeah, I just just got to find the time. Now you had right. a you had a company back in the day, as it were. Yes. What was yes. it called again? 
uh, Corsair Publishing. It was before I started at WizKids. Uh, I was running Corsair and produced uh, a miniatures game without miniatures called Dragon Hordes and mm-hmm. published the Dork Tower comic for the first eight issues or so. And um, I don't know, some other stuff that... Uh, oh, Campaign Magazine was one of the other things that oh, I did. yeah. Uh, which lasted for uh, only one or two issues under my control, and then I ended up having somebody else continue to produce it. So it's, uh, but yeah, that was uh, 97 to 2001 I was running Corsair. Mm. Very cool. So, oh, and Sketch, the Sketch, the drawing role playing game, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Which I keep talking to Seth and. Uh, Brian about uh, Seth Johnson, who's a good friend of mine for years mm-hmm. and years, and also a freelancer and game designer. We've had and, him on the show at least once. Yes, and Brian Schomburg, who's the uh, director of art over at Fantasy Flight Games, are the guys who uh, created that game when they were on a cross-country move with because uh, they grew up together. Cross-country move out to the East Coast to move Brian out there, I think, to take his job with West End Games when that was uh, in existence 20 years ago. Mm. Wow. I miss West End Games. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Um, but that's that's that would be really cool to see a revival of Sketch. I'd like to see a new edition of that. I, I agree. I will continue to bother Seth. He's, <laughs> he often says, oh yeah, I just talked to Brian about that the other day. And I'm like, you've been saying that for at least five years now, because I've been bugging you <laughs> version of it. But, you know, Seth just had a baby and all that sort of good stuff. Yes. Yeah, well. But, um, yeah, it's uh, Seth's a really cool guy to, to I'm hoping to, to do some development work with him when, uh, when, when the baby permits. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, well, that is his major project in development right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, they've got it up and walking now. So right, see, there's progress yeah. being made. <laughs> yep, yep. Practically done. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Walking and then college, right? <laughs> yep, <laughs> just, just around the corner. <laughs> so um, let's talk a little bit about the other stuff since we've kind of wandered away from mutants and masterminds a little bit. What other stuff did you guys talk about that you can share with me? At the Green One and Summit. Do you have any news? Let me ask first about the Song and Ice and Fire, Song of Ice and Fire role-playing game. Well, I think the the next big thing for um, Song of Ice and Fire is we're doing a, a big adventure book uh, called The Dragon's Horde. Mm-hmm. Um, that um, will be, you know, one of the the, the regular things that you know we've heard uh about song of ice and fire is that people really love the source books uh and uh you know the there's a lot of great setting material for the game but they want more adventures um and song of ice and fire can be kind of a tricky um setting to build adventures for Mm -hmm. um comparatively speaking um so this book is intended to to address that niche um, it's it's a really meaty, you know, pretty much campaign book, essentially. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, you know, that you'll be able to run, you know, for, for quite a few um, adventures out of. It, it's a really long-running plot with a lot of material. Um, so, and it's it's a it's got a pretty cool high concept to it. So, yeah. uh, I think it'll, I think people will really like it. 
exciting. And it's got a really kick-ass cover. So. Oh, fantastic. Oh, I and can't wait course, to see it. It, it sounds strange to uh, have the name be the Dragon's Horde, but if you think about it, it might tell you quite a lot about what the story is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me put it to you this way. It does not actually involve a dragon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Very cool. So, but, yeah, there's a... Um, uh, just uh, for people who haven't played Song of Ice and Fire and, and might not recognize the name initially, uh, the Game of Thrones TV show is based on mm-hmm. the, the novels that the Correct. Song of Ice and Fire is the role-playing game adaptation of. Um, now, for people who haven't played, it's a very um, politic-driven setting, mm-hmm. and I can you know I can see how that can be a little mm-hmm. overwhelming for people who are used to you know having a farmer run up and dole out an adventure you know right. book to the players and the players go off and kill the monster that's annoying the farmers right it's a bit it's a bit different than that so i'm assuming that this book will also have a lot of good advice on how to structure those kinds of conflicts and and guide the players along it it does have some you know in terms of of just providing worked examples of that mm-hmm. sort of thing um you're gonna see a good deal more of that in our um, the the Chronicle Starter book, um, mm-hmm. which is already out. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that that it provides you know uh, an example of how to how to set up um, sort of the 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 environment where all of the various conflicts that can happen in a, a Song of Ice and Fire Chronicle can take place. How to set up all of the various rivals and potential allies and alliances. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can can make all of that, all of those political machinations interesting uh, to to play out. Very cool. So um, let's see. You've got Song of Ice and Fire. You've got Dragon Age, which I know you've announced yep. the uh, the hardcover the, rulebook. Is that how yep. it's going to be presented? The compilation. Yep, we're gonna we're doing a big um, core rulebook uh, that's going to uh, collect all of the rules material. Um, and uh, some additional uh, new setting material that's going to bring um, the, the the setting more up to date. Um, it, all in uh, you know one big book basically. So uh, it's it's going to be the complete game all in, all between two covers. Yeah, it's going to be very cool. Yeah, Excellent. indeed. I'll, I'll I'm bug, looking forward to it. Yeah, very cool. I, I'm I'm always a bit, big fan of the one big book approach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm also, hopefully, down the road, we'll be able to support that with some other products, which uh-huh. would be also very, very cool because it's a. I, I really love that system and would love yeah, to play it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to get that out. Yeah, very cool. So I'll bug Jack a little bit more about that in detail um, later. Yep. Hopefully, that later this week. That has um, been the project that has been eating Jack's life for the last. Yeah, he's, he's already been working on it pretty hard. Um, I think yeah. he's pretty long in the in the compilation of everything. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all this stuff when we talk about it publicly is in some stage of being worked on already, uh, and and a lot of this stuff has actually been worked on quite a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and again, this is one of those. Uh, do you mind comparing the licenses maybe between the uh, George R. R. Martin properties because you guys also license the Wild Cards property? And, um, you know, maybe how how working on those is maybe different from working on something from, like, Bioware with Dragon Age? Well, 
I think the the, the key difference is that uh, with something like Dragon Age, licensed through a company like Bioware, Bioware is a huge, you know, relatively large company. Mm-hmm. You know, with its you know own licensing department, uh, with its own, there's a Dragon Age team of you know designers, you know, and people who are involved from you know every you know aspect from story to coding to art and all of that um whereas song of ice and fire is george mm-hmm. uh and you know the 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 key difference is that anything licensed from george's world gets approved by him um and i didn't so, know he was that hands-on still oh yes <laughs> and he he approves all of our products very cool um, so, which is it's you know which is great to have his involvement in that mm-hmm. regard, but he's also one guy, right? Um, you it know, can be a bit challenging one time-wise. Really busy guy, mm-hmm. um, you know. Whereas, um, you know, so it, you know you have different things in terms of you know working with a company that has a licensing department. You have you know a, you know some a, a department to work with, but you also have lots of different people who are involved in the process. You know, working with a direct single licensor, you have one person, one voice, one approval, but it's harder to get that slice of that person's time mm-hmm. that you need, you know, in order to approve something. So, and, and that said, um, even with Bioware, we are, in fact, currently not sending them anything for approvals because. They're finishing up Dragon Age Inquisition. Yeah, because they're they're it's launching this new game and they're kind of busy. <laughs> you know. So we uh, we are very careful not to uh, overwhelm people as much as possible uh, when when we're working with them too. So yep. it's uh, it, yeah, it's it's kind of an ongoing. Uh, it's a bit of a dance. It, yeah, exactly. You have to you have to keep track of what where everybody's at and what's going on. And kind of be forgiving and uh, allow for this, you know, the, that sort of thing. Where hey, the month of October and part of November is probably going to be lost to to Bioware. So don't bother trying to ask them for a bunch of approvals on you know two hundred page documents. Right. Right. Okay. So um, let's see what other lines um, you guys released a new. Um, Actually, uh, one of the things I wanted to kind of touch on, uh, as part of the Fate Core Kickstarter, you guys did a Fate edition of the Freeport Companion. We did. Um, how did that do for you guys, and um, what, what's been your responses to that? Do you guys have any more interest in, in like Fate supplements? It's, um, been, I, it's been well received, as I understand it. Yeah, I think Steve and I are probably not the best people to ask about that sort of thing simply True. because we don't have any visibility into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, we hear what we hear, which is, yeah, it did pretty well, but I don't mm-hmm. know if that means we sold 100 copies or 5,000 copies or 100,000 copies. So, <laughs> right. Something I should probably ask Chris Pramus if I can get him yeah. get a slice Indeed. of his time. Indeed. I don't, I don't think that there's any additional fate support planned Mm-hmm. at this time um i think that we we did the companion because it was a popular system and it was it was in demand and it was you know uh, something that the backers for the freeport kickstarter were interested in um but um 
I, I don't think there are any plans to do any, any anything additional. Interestingly enough, it does seem like the design for Fate Freeport has gotten some attention, mm-hmm. and I know that a number of people like um, how it you know essentially took the approaches from um, Fate Accelerated and basically turned them into the D and D ability scores. Um, so uh, that apparently got some some positive attention. And I know people are doing different design hacks, you know, with the, that concept. So mm-hmm. that in itself is kind of nice. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty cool. It's, uh, it, it's an interesting implementation of the fate rules for for certain. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what else do you guys have cooking that we might not have touched on? Well, speaking of Freeport, I mm-hmm. think that. Uh, Owen Casey Stevens, our Pathfinder developer, would want us to mention um, that the um, Advanced Bestiary book is is now shipping. Is is oh, cool. uh, I think uh, started that on its way out. It's gorgeous, awesome. It's oh, a beautiful book. Yes. Yeah, um, huge book of 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 monster awfulness. Um, and um, the. Uh, even more giant Pathfinder Freeport book um, is is wending its way through um, uh, development and layout, and uh, is coming together uh, quite nicely. And it's going to be a giant of a book. It's like five hundred and something pages. Wow, five hundred and twelve pages. Yeah, five hundred and twelve. I think. Uh, yeah, it's an it's an enormous book. That's huge. Um, so. Um, yeah, we're we're um, hitting the um, Pathfinder stuff with a couple of really big, gorgeous hardback books. Um, so there's going to be some really nice uh, content uh, for Pathfinder fans, uh, for folks who like Freeport. Cool, very cool. Now, the um, for people who haven't heard of it, the Advanced Bestiary um, is basically a new iteration. Mm-hmm. Of a book that you guys did, um, uh, I think back during back the, in the third edition era, yeah. Yeah, so that was that was one of the one of the books that you guys didn't meant you the uh, the company that you guys were distributing through. I think it was. Um, uh, yes, that was one of the books that was hit by the infamous Osseum debacle. Oh, was yeah. that one? Books? Yes, yeah. in fact, um, Advanced Bestiary was the was the book that. Um, kind of uh, hit at the end of the uh, whole thing, Ossium thing coming apart. Uh-huh. And um, sadly, you know, I think that the initial release of the book did very well, but we'll never know because mm-hmm. um, Green Ronin basically never saw anything yeah. out of that. Which uh, is a shame book. because it's way better than any of the than that Oh, book. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, for people stuff. who haven't seen the Advanced Bestiary or, or know about it, um, it's essentially more than just a list of monsters. This is mm-hmm. more like a list of templates that you can combine to create new monsters. Yes, That's correct. Exactly. Yes. Um, and, and yeah. In fact, uh, go ahead, Steve. Yeah, well, I was going to say, you know, it um, it is in the sense it's a little of both, actually, in the sense that the the Advanced Bestiary is a huge collection of templates, which in and of itself is pretty awesome because um, you can use them with all of the other monster books you've got. Mm-hmm. Um, and with um, Paizo putting out new bestiaries on a regular basis, 
uh, you can apply these templates to all of the creatures you've already got. So you're literally multiplying, you know, the number of monsters you've got rather than adding. Um, but on top of that, uh, all of the, each of the templates has a worked example of a creature with the template applied to it. Um, so, in addition to the templates, you're also getting a whole ton of completely statted out sample monsters. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. There's a um, uh, the way Jack was explaining it to me is that uh, the book has been very influential since it first came out. So this new mm-hmm. edition is going to have a lot of new content, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah this, this book was used a lot. The original edition of this book has been used a lot by the Pathfinder guys, and and yeah. uh, even during the Kickstarter, they uh, were very helpful to us in saying things like we could not have produced a lot of the monsters that we have over the years if it hadn't been for the original version of this book, and they were really looking forward to this version. Yeah, and in fact, one of the reasons we did new content for it was some of the previous open content from Advanced Bestiary has already found its way into official Pathfinder mm-hmm. books, mm-hmm. Um, and so we didn't. We could have simply repeated that stuff. But we didn't want to do content that the Pathfinder fans already had, um, so we replaced. We took that stuff out and replaced it with new stuff. Oh, interesting. Okay, so that's really cool. So that's that's not just added new stuff. You actually overhauled the entire book. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Top yeah. to bottom. Fantastic. And all the, the art throughout is fantastic. I think this may be one of our prettiest books in terms of horrible, ugly, scary monsters that we've yeah. ever done. I mean, it's really... It's, it's nice. Great. Fantastic. Uh, Owen Stevens um, has been officially with the Green Ronins for, what, six months now? Or is no, been... just, I think, just short of a year. I was going to say okay. just, just short of like maybe ten months, something like that. Uh, yeah. Time flies, man. Right? Yeah. I thought I was just seeing this announcement you know, a few months ago, but now I remember back. Yeah, that, that was it's, a while back. It's been a while. In fact, I think we talked about talking to Owen last year at the summit because mm-hmm. Chris was looking for someone like, hey, we should bring on a full-time we developer. We really could use Pathfinder. a Pathfinder developer. Yeah. Yeah. It would be good, and Owen's name came up, and yep. turns out they were right. He's a perfect choice. Yes. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I got to meet him in person for the first time this year at, uh, I think it was Gen Con, um, and uh, it was it was it was kind of funny because we had frequently passed each other, you know, like in lobbies and whatnot, tweeting at each other, going, you know, I'm over here, I'm over there, and you know, I I try and swing by, but I had no idea what he looked like because his his uh, profile photo was a picture of that giant statue of the beholder, and mm-hmm. not a picture of his face, so I didn't have any right. way of recognizing him. But uh, so I got to meet him this year. I think it was at the uh, any um, any awards. But mm-hmm. uh, um, he's he's a really cool guy, and he makes lots of really great stuff. You know, yeah. People, people listening play Pathfinder. You should definitely check his stuff out. Yeah, very very good guy. He uh, he just moved to the Seattle area to work for uh, Paizo, and uh, he moved here. I, I want to say six months or so ago, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit more. Yeah. And uh, we just finally met like two or three weeks ago for the first time. There yeah. is a strong gravitational pull for RPG creators in Seattle. Yeah, yes. Indeed. 
Um, so what what other cool stuff do you have planned outside of uh, Pathfinder? And uh, is there anything else coming for for Freeport? Um, or is that mostly what you're focusing on uh, right now? The primary focus right now is on on getting the the Pathfinder book out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some additional um, there's there's some additional stuffs in the sort of the planning stages, but um, nothing def- definite just yet. Okay. So what other goodies can we talk about, or is it all still under wraps for the rest of it? Uh, I th- I think that's pretty much everything. The only other things we have going on are things that we can't talk about until yeah. we can officially until announce can talk stuff about is happening. Um, and it's uh, and there's a couple of really neat things in the works. So uh, we are we are certainly not doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I've I've. I've got some privileged information as far as like rumors, but I will not. Uh, I will not be a rumor monger. But uh, I'm very. So you very are curious to hear monger, what's going. You're not on. a rumor spreader. What's that? I said you are a rumor monger. You're not a rumor spreader. I'm hmm. not really sure it's where you're drawing the line there. Yeah. Right. It, well, because a monger collects the rumors. Ah, I see. That's, that's true. That's spreading. I, I, I thought a monger was a salesman, like a fishmonger sells fish. Uh, let me consult the oracle <laughs> of the internet. Uh, a dealer or trader in a specified commodity. Oh, see, his oh, well, you, was great. There you go. Well, right, so you guess you're not a rumor monger either. <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, um, it's a it's a failing in me that I'm that I'm a literature major. <laughs> I, I I tend to have a dictionary in my head and at my side at all times. So wait, Ironmonger's name was actually like I sell iron. Yeah, that's yeah. one of those. Really that's the original meaning of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was a weapons dealer, right? That's and he was. You know, iron is weapons. Should be like weapon monger then. Well, they kind of they kind of threw the name in as almost an Easter egg, rather as a label in the movie. I think the way they handled it in the dialogue was really clever. Um, I don't care about the movie. <laughs> in the comics, James, the original material. Well, comic books you go through a lot of changes from original concept to execution. So a lot of times the uh, more elegant aspects of a character can get lost in the shuffle. Listen to you. You're a movie (laughs) apologist. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I actually like the movies better than the comics right now. So I'm sorry. (laughs) Though I still do love comics. Um, So I'm, thinking that's about all we can talk about in terms of the uh, um, the upcoming slate for Green Run-In. Um, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about outside of Green Run-In or any any, any like announcements or uh, shout-outs that you guys wanted to make? Steve, did you have anything going on other than your rewrite of the uh, Icons Crows adventure? Do you have anything going on on that front? Uh- Pretty much the next thing um, up for icons is finishing up um, Dan's um, next um, yeah. uh, Phalanx adventure, uh, which I've been working on. But you know, it's been uh, a matter of finding the time uh, to just finish it out. Um, mm-hmm. So everything else on as far as icons is pretty much back burner stuff right now. So okay. nothing too major. I I you know, and of course you know in in my you know, I complain about my free time and what I decide to do, but, you know, launch a new blog series 
you know, <laughs> um, to give me an excuse to rewatch all of Young Justice and oh, you know, there are worse shows really? to endure. Right, um, right about it. How am so, I not still receiving your blog updates? I have to I go. I don't know. You have to this. go back and make sure you're subscribed. I've been seeing yeah. them pop up on the uh, Facebook feed too. So yeah, um, there's a. Uh, so you're you're basically going through season one. Of yep. Young Justice. Of Young Justice. And is this similar to what you were doing with the Avengers series, where you're kind of mm-hmm. analyzing each episode as it might appear in a role-playing game? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's kind of the experience of what it's like to sit next to me and watch these cartoons. <laughs> I'm so far behind. How did this happen? <laughs> you get some weekend reading, John. Yep. I know. I'm so bummed because I was subscribed. I use uh, what used to be Google Reader and is now called the Old Reader. Uh, uh, it's uh, for some reason I got unsubscribed to your posts apparently it's too bad it's terrible (laughs) so if anybody's interested in kind of diving into Steve Kenson's brain for a little bit um, those posts are a fun reading I enjoy them yeah stevekenson.com okay Um, how about you uh, John do you do any blogging uh, yeah. uh, you know, I have a blog that I've had for a number of years that I do almost nothing with called Stand By for Adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I did recently make a post to it, and I say recently, and it was probably like forever ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was a D&D related post because I had gotten my hands on the player's handbook and wanted to write up a background just for fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, I posted there not not so long ago. Let me see. Oh, August sixth. Well, there you <laughs> um, go. So there, that's not so long ago. It's practically and, weekly. Uh, yeah, it's practically. Well, <laughs> and the one before that was oh man, twenty ten. So. Uh, <laughs> but yes, stand by uh, indeed. Blog exactly. necromancy. <laughs> I wrote up the very exciting uh, laborer background for D&D. And uh, it's actually pretty good. I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. Cool. Excellent. Cool, cool. Yeah. um, I I dedicate all of my time to uh, working on my day job or working on M&M secret background things that don't see the light of day uh, (laughs) and people don't care about my role in them anyway because I'm not the, the writer. (laughs) <laughs> you toil away in dark, you know, yes, cavernous chambers, uh, puttering along until these artifacts come to light. Exactly. I have to. I have to just try and make Steve look good all the time. That's my. <laughs> I mean, and that that alone is a, a Herculean task. <laughs> oh. No, no, it's not. I am, uh, man. Let me tell you, James. I could I could tell you stories about some of the things I get in from people who are like, "Here's my my draft," and it's like, "Oh dear lordy, I want to." Well, I know what I'm draft. doing my next week. Yeah, and then uh, Steve turns something in, and I go, "Oh, it's so nice. It's so <laughs> nice. I just read this and be done with it like very quickly." Oh yeah, Steve, uh, plug your ears because uh, I have nothing but good things to say about Steve. Yeah. That's that's um, 
and I'm as a publisher, I'm starting to see and sense where I'm, you know, where I'm best off spending my money, and you know, on <clears> on which, you know, which people I'm I'm definitely coming back to, and and uh, you know, some people have great ideas, some people are able to um, write very well, and some people have both. And mm-hmm. and it's those people who have both that are are um, just amazing to work with and make it make your life so much easier. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I'm definitely you know learning how uh, uh, you know how useful it is to 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 keep certain names at the top of your Rolodex. Yep, <laughs> there's certainly a reason why uh, why certain people get work over and over and over and over. And uh, and there are also reasons why people do not get work over and over and over. over. Yes. And uh, uh, Steve, I keep at the top of my list, even if he weren't someone that I was were paired with here at Greener Neen on a regular basis, uh, he'd still be at the top of the list. So, again, Steve, plug your ears. Yes, I'm blushing. <laughs> I want to be a big head. Well, are there any links you guys want me to include in the podcast or a? In the description of the podcast, I'm gonna I'm gonna include this D and D background the labor thing you posted just because a lot of our listeners um, are obviously interested in D and D. We had uh, yeah. we had uh, Randy Thompson on not too long ago. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Rodney Thompson. Rodney, sorry, um, I'm sorry, Steve Rodney. Randy McFarlane. So mm, yeah, see. yes. Um, sorry, Rodney. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, he was he was really wonderful um, mm-hmm. and gave us, a, great guy. gave us a lot of cool insight into the game. Um, for people who haven't been following, D and D Fifth is releasing now. We have yeah, it's fun. Two of the core rule books. We have the third one has been I think delayed till early next year. Um, if I remember, was it delayed that long? I can't remember. I, I know. know it was. I know it was delayed, but I don't I know, know how long. It was delayed. Long. I'm not sure I how long. It's, I think it's just until November, November sometime. But I'm. Was it? I thought that was the original release date. My bad. Maybe. I know. Oh, I know that it's. Check. Let me. Printing soon. So. Double check. D and D. Masters. Guide five. Um. So, oh, that's that's not what I want. I want the Wizards of the Coast link. Anyway, um, so I'll get that information out to, to people at some point. But D&D 5th has been a breath of fresh air in terms of mm-hmm. uh, Dungeons & Dragons, if anybody's a big fan of the game. Um, and they weren't necessarily happy with one edition or another. I think 5th edition is, is a game that a lot of people can really enjoy because I think it has enough uh, plasticity to it that it can it can really kind of become the game you want to run mm-hmm. so it's got a lot of really neat new tools in it neat new features and I think I think John said it was one of the easiest games you've ever run as far as a GM oh uh, well I wouldn't say ever run certainly the easiest game of uh, for D&D ever mm-hmm. uh, uh, and especially in the the modern era, meaning the last eighteen years of the game's life, mm-hmm. uh, it is it is by far my top choice of uh, of D and D slash Pathfinder type games to play easily. Cool. Mm. So, 
Enough. I'm sorry, to, to run. Yeah. To run. Yes. As GM, it is so much easier to run. Uh, and I do also enjoy playing it. I mean, I'm, I'm not giving it short shrift there. It's, it's, really, it's really been a fun game. Yeah, cool. I agree. Very cool. So it looks like um, December 9th is the announced release date. The new release date. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Not too far away. Uh, for those stores taking part in the early release program, it should be November 28th. Ah, very cool. So I should go, and end of November, I should go check my local gaming store. Yes, mm. indeed. So excellent. So, uh, well, let me let you guys go because it's getting pretty late for Steve. Um, That's right. Steve's probably falling asleep on the keyboard. <laughs> Actually, I am asleep. <laughs> oh, okay. I just, you are I good. Podca- I podcast in my sleep all the time. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a really cool skill. That's better than sleeping with your eyes open. Um, so, thank you guys very much for joining me. Um, thank you, everyone, Pleasure. for tuning in. Uh, and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to more cool green running stuff coming out soon. Um, very excited by all the mutants and mastermind stuff, but there's some other cool stuff that I'm looking forward to as well. Yeah. And um, for those listening, uh, I will hopefully have a, another podcast covering this and some other more um, uh, vigilance press related topics when I get uh, uh, Jack Norris on the on the horn next time. So, in until next episode, uh, everybody stay vigilant. <laughs>